if you're trying to pursue like nursing or be, becoming a doctor while being like a student athlete or something, a lot of coaches would tell you like that major is too hard for like what we're trying to get done here. Like that's too time consuming. So like then it's like you're shying away from what your possible dream could have been. And I mean, it just sucks because I just feel like like for student athletes, we just all kind of feel like the same way once it's all over. It's like, who am I? What's next? What do I do? How do I do it? I feel like we don't know how to do nothing. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the It Girls podcast, where we're telling the stories of some amazing winning women. And today we have a good friend of ours, someone that I've known for a while and that so many people around me know. She's kind of a celebrity around here. And so, Miss Masai Russell, what's going on? Hi, how are you guys? I'm good. I'm good. You know, I'm just so excited to be here talking to you guys. Like I said, it's an honor to be a part of this It Girl podcast because, you know, I feel like we all just do great things. So just being highlighted in our own different ways, it's just, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Well, thank you, Masai. We, um, we've been, we knew we wanted to get you on as soon as we decided to do It Girls. We were like, Masai would be so good. We heard you speak so many times, like at different like panels and um, different stuff for Kentucky. So um, obviously we know who you are, but not everyone in our audience does. So as we do for all guests, give us a short elevator pitch, everything that they need to know in like under a minute or two. Um, yeah, well, my name is Masai. I'm a professional hurdler now, you can say. Um, I went to the University of Kentucky for five years. Um, I am a social media influencer slash athlete. Um, I like to, uh, I don't really know. I'm just like kind of down to earth. I like to work hard on the track. And I made it to world championships this past summer. So that was like a super big accomplishment for me. So excited for more, ready to train even harder to go to the Olympics this year. And yeah, like I said, I'm super excited to be here and glad that you guys chose and wanted to speak to me. Okay. I love it. I love it. Where are you from, Masai? Obviously we know, but like give us a little bit of your like background pre-Kentucky. Yeah. So I'm from Maryland, like the DMV area, kind of near like Washington, D.C. I went to Bullets High School in Potomac, Maryland. So really, really prestigious high school. Um, a lot of people know it. They're like super good at track. So um, I really had a great time there. I don't think I'll move back to Maryland. I love it. It's always going to be home, but I don't know. I mean, I like Kentucky too, but I don't see myself living here long term. <laughs> so where do you see yourself long term at? Like, where could you imagine that? I mean, I feel like it's easy to say now when you're not there, but like right now, Florida does sound nice. Like Florida or Texas, it does sound nice just because like I, I love like warm weather. Yeah. Like I don't want to be in the cold wearing jackets, wearing hats, wearing hoodies like all the time. Like, I mean, a cool hoodie is not bad. Like 50 degree weather, I can do, but 30s, 20s, <laughs> below, like single digits. No, no. So, yeah, probably somewhere, like, in the Florida or, like, Texas area. Yeah, you preach it to the choir. Johnny can speak I, to that. I'm from <laughs> Dallas. I don't plan on going anywhere north of Kentucky right now. Like, this is cold enough. I'm, I'm so okay on this. So, I hear you. Yeah, so, okay. Florida would be cool, though, too. Oh, oh sorry. I was just going to say, Florida would be cool, too, though, especially 
like as you continue your professional career because you can train outside whenever which obviously like maryland wisconsin there's no way you can train outside like for five months of the year (laughs) that's why we're literally struggling now because like even training at kentucky they're building our new indoor facility but they're not done they're like kind of behind on the process so we're outside bundled up like double sweatpants and hoodies like to the t because we, we can't not train, you know, it's an Olympic year. And even if it wasn't an Olympic year, like I'm always going to get to work in. So wherever I'm at, I'm like, we got to get it done. We got to get it done. But of course, if you can train in the heat, like I'm so jealous seeing my friend's stories in Texas and even in Florida, they're just out there, sports bras, orange, compression shorts. I'm like, oh, not too much. <laughs> I love it. I, oh. I think, well, they took the indoor track out of Nutter because of football and so now they're building, you're in newer into track, they're building women's basketball locker room, they're building memorial, they're doing all this construction. So I think there's a lot going on, but next year it'll be worth it. Yes. Yeah, definitely will. And they said that it's supposed to be done. Um, I heard November 26th and then some people said December 1st. So I don't really know. I heard that they're behind because they were supposed to be done November 1. But yeah, after uh, May 1st, they could not wait to like rip up the track and put down like all yeah. new turf. Cause I'm like, Literally, they said November, they said May 1st, y'all are out of here. And it was still kind of chilly in Lexington during May. And I'm like, how y'all so quick to kick us out? Like, we're in season right now. Like, football's not even in season. So I was like, you know what it is. We got, it. we got through it. And I just can't wait for our indoor to be done. That's there all I'm going to say. What's up, sports fans? It's former NFL wide receiver Stevie Johnson. The wait is finally over. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is now live in Kentucky. And new customers can get in on the action when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash Mercury. Finally, you can bet on your favorite sports, from the money line to point spreads to player props and more. This means you'll be able to place all kinds of bets, even live bets. Say you just have a feeling your favorite wide receiver in college College football is going to get loose in the final minutes. Go ahead and live bet for him to score on the next drive. I promise you won't regret it. So start betting now on the app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Visit FanDuel.com slash Mercury and make every moment more. Must be 21 and up in President Kentucky. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets, which expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Well, okay, Messiah, you talked about you being an influencer and a social media person, and you are, like, kind of the trailblazer for NIL for women. You were the first woman to join the NIL space, which is really, really really cool. But I think that started with a YouTube channel for you. So kind of talk us through what that looked like and when NIL became available, how you took advantage of that. Because I think you did a really good job compared to so many people. Thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, for me, NIL, I believe it started in 2021. I should know these facts, but like my 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 mind and my life is just so con- like it's, I'm always on like on the go. So like I don't really like my mom knows like all the stats. She has like all the articles and stuff like that. But like when I when I was able to take advantage of well, when I was able to see that NIL was the opportunity that I could take advantage of, I was like I didn't know that it was real at first. Like I didn't know that this was something that was like in the making for so long because people are everywhere. It was always like an ongoing, oh no, athletes shouldn't get paid, athletes should get paid, this, like, it was always like a back and forth kind of like battle. So when the law actually got passed, I really didn't believe it. So like, I started doing my research, like I asked um, my friend, my, I said my friend, um, Jake, 
he's like our social media guy for Kentucky. He's like, no, like y'all are all good. You know, you just got to go through influencer, talk to Rachel, get everything approved. And then, you know, you'll be good. So like once I knew that I was like in the green light, I started getting like consistent DMs and emails. And I'm like, oh, wait, like this is super cool. And I didn't know that I was like one of the first. I think I was like top 10, like had like top like top 10 followers and like NCAA or like one of the most marketable people or something like that. I don't really know. But um, like I said, it just it just took off from there. And um, it definitely was a learning process. I've learned so much like up until this point. Um, I was able to connect with like brands that I never thought that I'd be able to talk to, be sitting down talking to, connecting with. Like I talked to H&R Block, like Hulu, um, Champ Sports, like crazy brands like DoorDash, Grubhub, things like that. So it was really, really cool to see that, you know, I was one of the people that they wanted to use to promote, you know, their product. Um, And overall, I mean, like I said, I've learned a lot. Uh, there's a lot of things that I can look back now and be like, oh yeah, I wouldn't, I mean, like if I knew now I wouldn't have done. And, um, yeah, I mean, I just want to shout out my mom too. Cause she was right there with me. Like she's a doctor, but she was reading my contracts for me, like doing everything. You would think that she was a lawyer and she, she was, she was doing her big one. So, um, yeah. And then, yeah. The money just started flowing in, but I learned that like all money wasn't good money. So like, that's what I kind of learned throughout the process that I was like speaking about because just because it like looks good, it sounds good. It doesn't mean that like it's aligning with like who you are. It's not aligning with your brand. And like I said, all money is not good money. So that's what like the biggest thing that I say that I would say that I learned and that if anyone were to ask me, I would just tell them that just because like there's a dollar figure attached to something doesn't mean that you have to say yes, because like, if it's meant for you, it'll be, and people can see when it's like unauthentic, you know? 100%. Let's come back to the point about your mom too. Cause I remember you talked a lot about that. Um, but before we do that, I want to ask about when you would have these meetings. So let's use like Hulu, for example, or DoorDash or whatever, you, know, you pick it. Um, what are some things that they would ask you about? Was it like engagement? Was it um, more of like the negotiation, like you post four times a week or four posts and we'll pay X amount, like kind of talk through like, what does like the business side of these discussions kind of look like? Yeah. So I feel like for everyone, of course, it's very different, but for me, I mean, every brand is different too. And every brand wants something different. So like, for instance, with Hulu, I believe it was only two, two real posts and then like maybe two story posts. But if you draw, if you're doing like a more long-term ship kind of partnership, it's the requirements are going to be different. Yes. A lot of them do want to see engagements. A lot of them do want to see like your analytics to see if your followers are truly authentic because you know, you can buy followers out here and then that will determine the dollar figure that they're willing to offer you too. Because if your engagements are high, that means like a lot more people are going to be engaging with your content. Like a pe- someone can have, like I heard that like people with like million, uh, millions of followers, like hate creators that have like, um, I don't, I don't know what, I, with their like I don't I wouldn't consider myself like a micro influencer, but like right in the middle, like the hundred to five hundred thousand follower range because our engagements are much higher than people with like millions of followers because we're more authentic, I guess, and like just more personable. And we make more money than people that have millions of followers just off social media, of course. Um, so yeah, it's all about engagement. It's like you can have a thousand followers and 5,000 people are liking your picture. Your engagements are through the roof. 
Or if you have 100,000 followers and you're only getting 1,000 likes, your engagements aren't that high. So the brand wants to see, of course, your engagements. And then that's where they'll get like the dollar figure amount. And then, um, like I said, every partnership and every brand wants something different. So it's kind of hard to say like, you know, who wants what, but it's all yeah. about, of course, like what's in the contract. That's cool. We um, at It Girls, we're, we're trying to figure out right now for the longest time, we felt like had the social media accounts, but Z and I like don't really know how to analyze the analytics. We don't really know what they mean. We don't know which ones are important, you know? So we actually brought in um, kind of a social media girl to help us with that. And so we've been having like all these meetings to actually learn like, okay, you have this many active followers. You have this many people who aren't followers, but who are engaging with your content. And it's been like fascinating to look at. And I'm sure, I mean, that's seriously like how you make your money. That's how, that's your, that's your livelihood. So um, I'm sure that you're in the weeds on that more than we are, but it's interesting for sure. Yeah, it's definitely. Yeah. And so I want to talk about a little bit. You are obviously a professional athlete. You were in college for five years, but this is a full time job for you. And I've talked to so many people, including Jake. Jake will be like, yeah, she's in the weight room and she's setting up her tripod and she's recording her lifts and you're doing all these things to try to maintain this job. And I remember one time it could have been Mitch Barnhart talking about this or it could have been you, but saying like, Messiah to tell these companies like during this week, I can't post. I have to focus on this or I have to focus on this. And so talk about creating those boundaries within those companies and how you balance that and focusing on your athletics while also maintaining this job. Yeah, like I was saying, um, there's a lot of things that I did learn throughout this process. So, of course, year one, I'm just accepting anything that comes to me, accepting, accepting. So I'm like, I, I have to. Like, I just feel like I had to. I'm like, it's $3,000. Why not? It's 5000 It's 10000 Like, why not accept it? And that was interfering with what I had going on on the track, what I had going on with on the track. Sorry. And um, there was times where I was at NC, like NCAAs, like trying to turn in um, like a draft for a brand. I think the, the brand was Lululemon. Yes. And they were super strict, like trying to turn something in right before NCAAs, right before the final. I'm like, I should not be worrying about this. Like, thank God my performance didn't falter at all. But it's still the principle, like my mind should have been just solely on track, winning my start, focusing on what I have to do for the day. But I was focusing on, oh, let me get this content done. Let me send this draft over to them. So then in the next year, which was last year, yeah, which was my 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 COVID year, I was like, I'm only going to, you know, partake in partnerships that align with my schedule that won't interfere with what I'm doing on the track. Like all money isn't good money. And if the brand can't understand that, like I have a goal right now, which is to go pro, then like it's not meant for me at this point. And I was able to, you know, really understand the importance of focusing on the job and the task at hand within like my whole entire season last year. And I feel like that's why like my performance just, skyrocketed and now I'm in the position that I'm in now by the grace of God so I think it's just about of course time management it's always about time management I know it sounds so cliche everyone talks about time management but definitely when I like told myself I'm gonna I'm gonna control like the social media side the social media side is not gonna control me I feel like that's where I seen the biggest growth on the track like and then I also had to look at it like I'm good at both. Like I'm good at like track and with social media, but it's all about a balance and it's all about how you balance it. Like one can't outweigh the other. It has to be like in the middle 
for the most part. Yeah. And that's the thing that I feel like helped me the most. Yeah. Masai, that's good. That's really good. The um all money isn't good money part is is probably is something that, you know, if people aren't an influencer, they're probably like, okay, come on now. But it's true, right? Like if you post something of a brand that you don't align with, then your followers are probably going to lose trust in you. Oh, and then, right. then your engagement goes down and it affects your other deals. You know, it's just like a domino effect. Right. Um, I definitely struggle with like when I was just doing so many different deals, 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 like my followers just started to plateau. I didn't get the, I was not having like strong engagements anymore because that's why they came to me in the first place because my engagements were super high. They're like, you're on like the higher end of the scale for engagements. And now like I was doing all these partnerships, partnerships. I'm like, Oh, hold <laughs> on. Like something, something, something's not right. Like something's not right. And social media was never nothing that I like paid attention to that much to the point where I'm like looking at my analytics, looking at my engagements. I kind of just posted. So then once I actually started to learn about, you know, the technical piece behind it, I was like, yeah, I can't keep doing this. Like literally, uh, like the company Manscaped reached out to me. I'm like, would you see me promoting men's shaving care? For, like, come on now. So that's what I'm saying. Like things like like a brand will, re- will reach out to you. They don't care. Sorry. They're gonna reach out. I cannot make this up right now. This whole entire Manscaped Manscaped was our our what were they to us? Look at that. It's crazy. They were ad. our ad. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, no, we get that. Um, I think that another point that you made that I, I, I want to touch on too is um, your mom. And we have to talk about that because you need someone in your corner. Like when you're, especially when you're 20 years old and you're trying to be a really high performing athlete, right. um, trying to make a livelihood that is like substantial, you know, talk about your mom's influence and how obviously she's a doctor, which is maybe you should talk about that too. Cause yeah. that's pretty young. Um, but just talk about how much she helped you through that. Yeah. I mean, my mom was a, an amazing help. I mean, she's an oral and maxillofacial facial surgeon. She would like me to pronounce the whole name if she was here. So she's a surgeon. Yeah. Big time. Went to school for a lot of years. So very smart, very intelligent young woman and someone that I looked up to for a long time. So when NIL became like a thing, um, we didn't really like, I didn't care to have like an agent, of course, because of course I'm going to be giving out 20%, 15%. And the first couple of deals that I was doing, it was like basic contracts. So I was like, I could just help you read these. I'm glad that my mom didn't charge me because she could have after like her funding my whole life up until college. Like, she have, but by the grace of God, she still doesn't charge me. So we're still in the green. But yeah, now my mom, she's, she's helped me out so much. Like even when she's had her own like life going, she always finds time for like my business stuff and just tries to help me as much as possible because like she's super successful herself. So I know that like she sees a lot of me within her. So I think that she didn't have the same amount of support that like she gives to me. So I think that that's what like drives her and then just seeing my mom do what she does. It just drives me as well. So I just appreciate her so much and I wouldn't have been able to do like literally none of this without her because no one's going to have your back like your mom, you know? And even if like we had a disagreement about something or like I wasn't rocking with whatever he was, you know, she was still there and it's your mom, like just little things taken out in the contract. Like they just love to throw like in perpetuity or perpetual, which means like they can use your content forever. And 
if you're not getting paid forever, then they shouldn't be able to use your content for forever. So just because you see people on posters or on buses and just being promoted, that doesn't always mean that they're getting paid for that. Like if they don't have no royalties or if they're not getting paid for that, there's nothing. So my mom was always big on like, you know, y'all not going to use her name, image, likeness forever unless you're paying her. And she was just always my biggest advocate. Like she always like, it's your mom, you know, she always going to try to, bump you up even if you're not qualified for it <laughs> that's so true my z's mom and my mom are both uh pretty strong-willed women as well so mom there's no one that's going to be there like your mom's yeah. going to be there no, for you that's so darn true. For us. <laughs> yeah and i want to talk about your dad also real quick because i've met your dad a few times at at, at, yes. at, at track meet so i would be running and masai will be running she's older than me but I would see your dad and you were still kind of a superstar back then. And so people would know who you were. And I saw your dad and he had his UK cap on. And I was like, hey, I'm going to play volleyball at Kentucky, yada, yada. But talk about your parents and their involvement in you getting into track. Like, how did that happen? How did that story go down? What's up, sports fans? It's former NFL wide receiver Stevie Johnson. The wait is finally over. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is now live in Kentucky. And new customers can get in on the action when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash Mercury. Finally, you can bet on your favorite sports, from the money line to point spreads to player props and more. This means you'll be able to place all kinds of bets, even live bets. Say you just have a feeling your favorite wide receiver in college football is going to get loose in the final minutes. Go ahead and live bet for him to score on the next drive. I promise you won't regret it. So start betting now on the app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Visit FanDuel.com slash Mercury and make every moment more. Must be 21 and up in President Kentucky. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets, which expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler. Yeah, so it's crazy because I started off as a gymnast. I never competed in it, like you know, competitively. But I feel like every little girl, like for the most part, kind of does gymnastics. But my brothers did track, and I was doing gymnastics. And I went out there to watch them uh, run, and I was like, "Oh, I want to try that." You know, everyone's story is so funny because I feel like it's just always so similar. And I'm like, "Oh, I want to try that. I want to try that." So then, like, I ended up trying it. And I never went back to any other sport. I've never played any other sport outside of track, like competitively. I've only done track competitively, competitively for my whole uh, 23 years. Well, not 23, but I've been running track since I was eight. And that is the only sport that I've ever like done competitively since I was able to do sports. And my brothers ended up not even sticking with it. Like I was the only one that stuck with it when made it to nationals, like, all the way since I was like a little baby. I was running in Sacramento, California when I was literally 10 years old. I got third place in the 400. And like I said, you met my dad. My dad's like, I met this girl from Kentucky. This is this, this. Like, and then that's when we talked in cats. I was like, yes. Like, we started, you know, I was like, period. Cause like you were just so sweet, so nice. And he literally just like told me the type of person you were or like basically what to look for when I actually met you. And like, I was like, period, period. <laughs> but yeah, now my dad, my parents, my dad, see, that's the thing. My mom has helped me a lot on like the business side. And then my dad has helped me like a lot on like the athletic side, the track side. Like if it wasn't for my dad, I wouldn't have been able to go to all my meets. I wouldn't have been fed at my meets. My dad used to set up a tent all day at the track meets. Like, you know how them AAU meets are all day long from the sun up to the sun down. And 
My dad used to make us pasta salad, cut up fruits, water, Gatorade. Like our tent was like everyone wanted to come to our tent because my dad had he had the fan, like the generator plugged up, the fans, the TVs. Like it was like one of those. I'm like looking back at it. I'm like, shoot, he was just doing what he could for his kids and trying to make the best out of it. So I definitely appreciate like my dad in that way, because like his only goal for me was to get a full scholarship to college. And now that I'm like exceeding the limits that not like he didn't have any limits on me, but I'm just exceeding his expectations, I guess. And like, he's just all my, my parents, my, my siblings, all of them are just like so elated that, you know, I'm doing what I'm doing. And I'm just so blessed because I feel like when you work so hard at something, and you believe that it could happen, and then it really happens, it's like, it's so mind-blowing. Dude, I... Oh, that is so... I have to talk about that track meet stuff real quick, because that is so real. Like, my mom, the night before track meet, there's 27 Tupperwares, there's pineapples, there's strawberries, there's pasta salad, there's turkey meat, there's bread. Yeah, the fans tied to the top of the fence. It's literally a cookout with a side of track meet. Like, it's just a big party, and there happens to be a track meet there. It is. It's crazy. Literally. It's crazy. Literally. Yeah. The generator is wild. It's crazy. <laughs> no, I tell you, it was sticking out the back of the tent, like, loud. Nah, 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 nah. Like, he was just doing what he could. And we used to have, like, he had AC. Like, I think, like, at one point, he got, like, some type of AC. I don't know. Like, my dad is, like, so innovative. Like, he's just the man when it comes to, like, gadgets and, like, just trying to do it up for his kids, you know? And, I mean, he did it. He did it because everyone was trying to be in our tent. We like, all right, y'all. Y'all got to go. We got to focus for our races. Like You're, like, yeah. hiding, like, the peanut butter balls. You're, like, these are right. mine. Like, I am not sharing these. <laughs> no, literally. Literally. Oh, my gosh. Asai. That is that is so awesome. Like, I'm bummed that I haven't met your mom and dad, but they seem, like, unbelievable people. So Yeah, they're so great. They're so great. I, I really appreciate them, like. With the help of both of them, it's just amazing. Because, like, at that time, too, my mom was in school. So that's why she wasn't able to be, like, at my meets, like, all the time like my dad was. So definitely it was it was a lot going on because I have it's I have uh, six siblings. I have two sisters and three brothers. So if you can picture that, and we're all kind of, like, close in age, they they did it. They did it. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cool. That I mean, you got to do what you got to do for your kids. And I think, like, all parents – you know, God willing or like that. So that's awesome. Um, I want to talk a little bit more like granularly about track itself. Um, track to me is like really tough to comprehend because it's, it's just like you, you're competing against other people, but like ultimately you're competing against yourself. You know, every single day it's like, it's a, it's a mind battle of like, I'm going to show up. I'm going to be better than I was yesterday. Um, so what do you think? And maybe you can like talk like at a deeper level here about like, what is it about, the sport that you love. Like for me, volleyball, like I, I loved the like encouraging nature of it. The, like it is super competitive. It's high, it's fast paced, but like, what is it about track that kind of keeps you going? Yeah. For me, I feel like what keeps me going with track is definitely like seeing all the hard work pay off because when you're working, like we question like most 90 Five to 97% of track runners, I feel like definitely question why we picked this sport. And I don't, I always say I didn't pick the sport. The sport picked me. But every day I'm doing like a hard worker. I'm like, bro, like I'm literally dying. Like literally, physically, mentally, like it's so, like it's so hard. But once you run like a fast time or like you just do what you worked so hard to do, 
it doesn't matter nothing. And that's like with just anything in life. But like, I feel like with track, it's just so, it's just so much more physically immensely draining on you. So when like you do the big performance or when you accomplish the goal that you've seen in your mind and it just comes to pass, it's like, it's kind of unreal. And it's like that feeling that you keep like, like you keep fighting for that feeling again. You keep fighting for it. So that's what's like so kind of addicting about track is that like that competitive edge for one. It's you against you. It's you against you, but it's you against it's you against the clock, you against you. And like you are competing against other people. But at the end of the day, it's about like what you're doing in your lane. And like can no one else determine your goal except for you. And another thing that I really love about track is the purity of it. Like with track, what you put into it is what you get out of it. If you're not working your butt off and running fast times in practice or slacking and not doing what you're supposed to do, you're going to be exposed. So that's the thing I like about track a lot. It's it's so pure. It's one of the purest sports, like, that's, like, to sports. It's one of the purest ones out there because, I mean, you can't hide. You can't hide in track. You can't hide behind nobody else. So what I've worked for and what I've done and all the accolades that I have, it's like, of course, it's not, like, I didn't do it by myself. I needed a coach. But I got on the line and made it happen, you know? Yeah, that's good. The pure, the purity part of both the sport. I've never thought about it that way, but um, you really, you really can't hide behind anything. It's a good point. It's just like a boxing or like a swimming, like yeah, um, just like those individual sports. It's like it's it's you by yourself. Like even when you're on a relay, when you get that baton, it's like you're you're still running for yourself. Like everyone has their own splits. It's not like one person making up more for you. Got to do your part at the end of the day. So, Masai, how the the adrenaline of of beating your time, of meeting the time that you wanted to meet, of beating whoever you're next to, maybe. Um, how do you now as like a 23 year old versus when you were a 16 year old, how do you like not make track your identity when you want to like all the time? Right. Like it's it's who you are. You're Masai, the track runner. But like you're also right. Masai, the um, influencer. You're Masai, the sister, the Masai, the daughter. Like how what are some ways that you like try to still make sure that you're not putting all of yourself into track? Does that make sense? Yeah. That's kind of like a really, I don't want to say a hard question because like I was just talking about this the other day with like my friends. Like I just feel for me, like being super transparent here. Like I just feel like my life is not really consistent in a lot of other places outside of track. Like I Mm -hmm. said, I'm being completely transparent here. Like as an athlete, track has been my life since I was eight years old. So, like, of course, like I do social media, TikTok, YouTube, but it's still predicated around track if you see my platforms. But now, of course, I've grown a platform big enough to the point where, like, I can post a picture of me just without, you know, a uniform on and it still get a lot of engagements. But they're here for track, you know. So for me personally, I've been trying to find that I've been trying to find like who Masai is outside of just track because it's hard when your life is always consistent around that. And now that I'm considered a professional athlete, this is the most time I've had just to actually sit and think like, I don't have tutors. I don't have a team meeting. I don't have class. And now I'm actually like trying to answer that question. So like I said, super transparent moment here. I I don't have an answer for you yet, but I mean, I just feel like I just try my best. Like, I do love family time though. And I do love being around like my friends and my peers that 
they don't look at me like I'm somebody else. They don't look at me like, oh, you're you're this, you're that, you're the check runner, you're the collegiate record holder. You're, you're like, they just see me for who I am. And of course, like being around those people always like just fill my cup up so full because it's like, regardless if I'm doing good or bad on the track, y'all are still going to be here. And always surrounding yourself with good people like that, it's important. But I, I want to find that like within myself, like what does Masai love to do outside of the track? What is Masai, like who is Masai on the weekends without going out or flying. Like I'm always traveling. I'm always in the go, but now I'm just like, let me sit down. I just went to Pilates uh, at nine 30. I'm like, I'm about to start doing things by myself, getting out, doing stuff. Like I have a lot more time on my hands and I don't want to look back after being professional for like five to seven years and be like, what, like, what, like, what is my life? Like, what have I done outside of just train every day, lift three days a week and watching track videos like, I don't want I don't want to look back at my life and say that. So that's why I'm trying to make the change now. It's so hard. Um, thanks for your transparency, too, because, like, I think that it's it's an ever evolving process. Right. Like you can be 40 and still trying to figure out, like, who, who am I outside of X, Y, Z. Right. Um, and I, I don't know if, like, we're ever going to come to the perfect answer. But, you know, and I think also in college and this is going to sound so dumb to people who are listening, they're going to be like, that sounds so vain, but I'm just going to be honest. Like when you have the Kentucky jacket and the Kentucky backpack and like everyone knows who you are, like you don't, you are like Maddie, the volleyball player, Z, the volleyball player, Masai, the track runner. And then like when that's done, you're just like a regular freaking person, you know? And it's like, how can you still stand out? And not that we need to stand out, but um, it is kind of just like a, not a crisis, but it, it is like what happened. You know? Yeah, I think that athletes just always just struggle. I mean, even like students, when you're, I feel like school for one, like for regular students is just like a crutch from like life. It's just like, all right, you're going to go to school for four years. Now you go to school for four years. And if you don't have anything planned after those four years, it's like, all right, I'm going to get a regular job. Now I'm living the same life that the people who didn't go to school are doing. And then like when you're in college, when you're a student athlete, I feel like we, we kind of feel the same way. Like I've been blessed that I'm, now still doing my sport, but just on a bigger scale. But it's still just like, if I didn't have a plan outside of professional, I would have been in the same position that most people are in that don't go to school. And I'm not saying like school doesn't set you up, but it's like, if you don't have a plan and the people in place to kind of guide you and help you to figure out like this is what's next it's not going to be done like school does have different resources but you have to be the one to like do the work because they just gonna use you for what you're good at and then once you're done it's like all right go ahead (laughs) bye like you got all your gear but that's it like you said you're like you're just like a not like a no it's not bad of course to be a normal person but it's just like and then the another like thing is if you're trying to pursue like nursing or be, becoming a doctor while being like a student athlete or something, a lot of coaches would tell you like that major is too hard for like what we're trying to get done here, like that's too time consuming. So like then it's like you're shying away from what your possible dream could have been, and I mean it just sucks because I just feel like like for student athletes we just all kind of feel like the same way once it's all over. It's like. Who am I? What's next? What do I do? How do I do it? I feel like we don't know how to do nothing. I mean, I'm glad that like NIL was a thing because like that helped me to kind of grow up and be able to understand contracts, money, business, like things like that. 
But as athletes, we get everything catered to us, free money, free food. Like we're, we're literal babies. We're spoiled. And then when we hit the real world, it's like, all right, go float. Uh, like go we, float. we didn't get like the proper, the proper things, the proper resources to, to help us like in the real world. That's why I, that's how I feel. I mean, I don't know if people will agree with me or not, but that's just how I feel. I, I have a lot of friends who are like student athletes and they just end up working like regular jobs. I feel like most of my friends are like getting into a career. And I don't know if that's because of something that the athletes need to do, but I just feel like we're not, we're not having the proper like help within the process of us doing like our sport. That's interesting. Mm. And mm. you were talking about like, everything's laid out for us. Like you've never had to create your own lifting workout or maybe you have, but like, it's always laid out for you getting yeah. your own meal. Like, you know where to go to get your own meal. You know where to go to get tutors and help. And so it's never like you have to do it on your own and all of a sudden it's done. And now you're going to Pilates at nine 30. You don't have to like, what do I do to go work out now? Where do I go to go create this kind of meal? And so it is really interesting with everything they do to try to help us. It almost seems like you feel like them helping us so much kind of sets us back. And so that's a really interesting take. I don't think I've heard anyone say it like that, but I don't disagree. So it's interesting. Yeah. That's the thing. I'm super grateful for it. Like yeah. blessing, blessing a hundred percent. But I just definitely, the way that you just said it, put it the most clear. It's like, I feel like helping someone too much when to the point where like, they're not able to, to float is like hurting them in the end because they end up like a lot of student athletes who just end up going home and not really pursuing much when they were like the the one when they were in college. It's like, oh, now it's no one knows who you are no more. It's another the one yeah. down the street. So, yeah, it's a revolving door. It's crazy. And speaking of that, speaking right. of that, I just want to talk about um, kind of the female track athlete dominance here at Kentucky. Just like to name I can name like 10 off the top of my head. You, Sydney, Abby, J- Jasmine Camacho Quinn, Kenny Harrison. Alexis, like all these people, what is it about I, if it's Coach Green or if it was Coach Flo about Kentucky that draws these big time female athletes here? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's in the sauce because they used to say Flo knows, but I mean, I did my thing with Coach Green, uh, broke the collegiate record indoor outdoor. So I think it's just like being in the SEC, the dominance, just knowing the people who have come here, I think it's just super motivating to just look at the wall when you go into the track or like it's like um like all the national champions. It's like dang, like there's been some really great people who've come through here. So it's just kind of motivating like to know people people were where you are now and where they are even further down the road now. Olympians, gold medalists, world champions, like things like that. I think it's just like a mind a mind kind of thing because you just look up and just see greatness all around you. It's like wow, I feel like I could do the same thing. But Coach Green definitely, I mean, he's an amazing coach as well. So I think that that was a, another big part. I think sure. Coach Green has one of the most uh, soothing and convicting voices of all time. Like, if you guys ever listen to him talk, like, it's so <laughs> deep and raspy. But, like, he says something, and I'm like, I'm ready to run through a wall now. But at the same time, like, I could fall asleep to the sound of your voice. <laughs> Bro, Coach Green is just so motivating. And it's crazy because, like, now, like I said, now that I'm pro, like, I'm not – attending like every single thing that the, the team is attending to so the team meetings like, I would look forward to the team meetings because like I would always get so revved up and just like ready to compete just hella motivated I'm like yeah like I can't wait to hear what he about to say now because like I know it's just gonna like light more of a fire 
within me to just do like great things. So yeah, no, Coach Green, I can hear. I used when I when I first met him, I thought he was like a pastor or something because like you know he got like that raspy voice. So I'm like, are you like a reverend or something? Like, who are you? But uh, he yeah, Coach Green, he's so cool. I love him. I love him so much. What's up, sports fans? It's former NFL wide receiver Stevie Johnson. The wait is finally over. FanDuel, America's number one sports book, is now live in Kentucky. And new customers can get in on the action when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash Mercury. Finally, you can bet on your favorite sports, from the money line to point spreads to player props and more. This means you'll be able to place all kinds of bets, even live bets. Say you just have a feeling your favorite wide receiver in college football is going to get loose in the final minutes. Go ahead and live bet for him to score on the next drive. I promise you won't regret it. So start betting now on the app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Visit FanDuel.com slash Mercury and make every moment more. Must be 21 and up in President Kentucky. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets, which expire seven days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler. That is so funny. You said that about like um, when you guys would have like have team meetings or do you guys meet with Doctor Cormier ever? Like a uh, sports psychologist or not really? I met with him once, but I think some people do meet with him on the team, but it's like he doesn't come to us. Like we have to go. Got out it. To Got it. Okay, yeah. Like we would meet with him like once a month as a team. Um, <laughs> you guys, I like miss that. Like I'm in the room. I like work a corporate job, and we don't have those like inspiring like leadership team meetings and so like when i have i'll like see my calendar like um business development meeting and like i get jacked up and like all my coworkers are like complaining that they gotta go i'm like guys i need this like i need like more of the, right. the inspiration i miss it <laughs> yeah, that's the thing you don't notice what you have until it's gone like some things like i said can be like a rude awakening or like something is like i actually do miss it like a hundred percent um, I was going to ask, like we had Sydney on a few weeks ago or maybe a month ago, whatever. Um, and obviously Sydney, is she a year older than you? Like grade wise? Yeah, she yeah. is born 1999. I'm born 2000. Okay. But you guys did, you guys did not overlap at Kentucky, did you? No, no. The year no. that I came was the year that she left. So are you able, Sydney explained a lot about what it's like to be a a professional track runner and obviously she um isn't at isn't in lexington so she like couldn't use like the facilities at kentucky and stuff are you able to like bounce off of the other professional runners that z like mentioned and kind of get advice from them now as a professional and like just explain what that looks like because obviously this is like a new thing you have to figure out about your workout schedule and um you know you just everything like how, how have you used those resources too yeah i mean i've always kind of used them like every single person that you name as like a resource because Sydney, Kenny, Jasmine, like they've been at Olympics, they have world medals, like they were national champions, things like that. So of course, like as I was coming up, like Jasmine, me and her, like super cool. And she was here training my freshman year because she was still getting her degree. And she had like the freshman record. And I was and she was like you better you want to break my freshman record you want to break my freshman record you better keep training you better keep training so like ever since like my freshman year it's always been like 
yo, Jazz, what's this? What's that? Like asking her about like certain agents or just like anything, like anything that I ask of them, they're always so like helping and just so receptive to like whatever I'm asking because like I was in a position that they were in where they probably needed help as well. So even like Sydney, when I, before I came to Kentucky, because like I didn't even take a visit to Kentucky, like my whole like recruitment process was crazy. So when I went to Kentucky, before I went to Kentucky, I didn't know how none of the dorms looked, anything. Like Sydney was sending me pictures of the dorms, like really helping me out to show me like, this is how this looks, this is how this looks. Because like I said, my recruitment process was a mess. So I didn't even take an official visit here to Kentucky. And then I ended up coming to Kentucky, ended up being the best school that I've literally, all, out of all five schools that I visited, Kentucky was the best one. And that's how I knew it was just like of God, from God. Like it was just aligned with like, everything that I had in my mind. So, yeah. And then even like now that I'm a, I'm considered like a volunteer coach since I'm still training at Kentucky, I'm able to use like all the resources. So it's basically like, I'm still a student athlete. I'm just like, I don't have to attend to team meetings to, I don't have tutor sessions. I'm not in class. So I'm just still like a student athlete that doesn't have school. <laughs> that's, <laughs> yeah, that's really ideal. ideal. Wait, can you? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, I think like you just like brushed over how crazy your recruiting process is. Can you like dissect that? What do you mean? You yeah, I mean, it's so insane because like I went on five visits. So I went to Texas A&M, University of Tennessee, University of Miami, Georgia, and Florida. And um, I verbally committed to Texas A&M and then like they pulled my scholarship because like they didn't feel like I was going to be able to be eligible because at the time my test scores were like terrible. And then my grades in high school were like A's, B's and C's. But like I said, I went to Bullis and that's a very prestigious high school. So like I was getting A's, B's and C's where C's in that school are like A's in public school. So like it just didn't look like it was promising at the time. But then like I had verbally committed, like I said, the day before signing, my dad's like, um, where are you at right now? I'm like, in the car on my way to get my lashes done. He's like, I need you to pull over. I'm like, okay. He's like, yeah, you're not going to Texas A&M anymore. I'm like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean? Literally the day before, literally the night, the night, the next morning I was supposed to be signing, you know, you know, doing the whole little national intent, like, you know, the announcement day. Yeah. Yes, literally waited to the day before I competed. I mean, um, the day before I uh, was about to announce, like they told me that they weren't signing me or whatever. So then um, I opened like my recruiting process back up. So every other school that I visited, like still had interest in me. So they, um, so I went back to, so I was like, forget it. Like I'm about to just go to Georgia. I'm tired of this. Like this recruiting process is too much. Like I didn't want to go to Tennessee. I didn't want to go to Florida. And I, I wasn't going to Miami. I'm not going to lie. I went to Miami just to go to Miami because it was Miami. I wanted to go to an SEC school. Um, and I was like, I might just go to Georgia. But then my coach was like, no, like you can't just like rush this. Like this is a lifelong commitment. Like not lifelong, but it was a co big commitment at that time. And um, ended up was like, nah, I'm not going to go to Georgia. So then the coach from Tennessee ended up coming back out to my house with the head coach, came back to my house, like sat down with me. Mind you, this is his second time coming. And I had already went on an official visit. So I'm like, okay, like he really, really wants me. And I ended up committing on the spot to Tennessee. Then signed to Tennessee, was going there, like everything was good. And then the coach went ghost for like 
a week and a half, two weeks right before like I was about to go to school. I'm like, hey, coach, like I thought you're supposed to be sending me the workouts. What's up? What's up? He wasn't responding. And then like he had like um, he finally got to a point where he was able to reach back out to us. and He was like, I'm going to Kentucky. I still have money for you if you want to come. And I was like, I wasn't that excited to go to Tennessee. I'm not going to lie. Um, so I was like, shoot, wherever you're going, I'm going. And then when I got to Kentucky, like I said, ended up ended up being the best dorms for one, because y'all know how Kentucky's dorms are. Yeah. The best team, the best school, like everything about it was just like, oh my gosh, after all this just mess, it's finally over. Like it was amazing. Like Kentucky has I am still here. So you know how amazing like Kentucky has been to me. And like, I was never ineligible. I was able to compete. I was on SEC academic honor roll. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, like that's what I'm saying. So I was like, I mean, I don't know if anyone who's going to be watching this, like went to Texas A&M, ran against Texas A&M, but I definitely had like a vengeance. I was like, every time I run against someone from Texas A&M, like they're going to kill me. And I did. I to score like I think fourteen or fifteen points at SECs like my freshman year that year like I did my big one made it in the 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 hundred hurdles the four hundred hurdles and we like scored in the uh, four by four so we got like third as a team we did so good and then waved at the coach right just waved at the end <laughs> coach hey girl hey boy <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> and so correct me if I'm wrong the coach you're talking about Tennessee the Kentucky's coach Devry. No, so that was Coach, Coach Hall. Hall. So Coach, so Coach Hall was actually the one that recruited me to Kentucky. And then when I got to Kentucky, I started to work with Coach Green because Coach Green was the women's hurdles and four hundreds coach, and then Coach Hall was the men's hurdles and men's sprints coach. But now Coach Hall is uh, the head coach at South right, Carolina. Okay, one of my good friends, her name's Alexis Brown. She runs track at Baylor. She was being recruited in high school and. Um, yeah, she's one of my best friends. And um, when she was being recruited in Tennessee and Kentucky, both career, she could not stop talking about this same coach you said uh, drew you here. And so that's really awesome to hear that. Yep. Wow. Um, okay. Go ahead. I think it's. I also think it's crazy that um, like there's this this image that I always think about. Z knows this, but it's like of God holding. Well, okay, let me rewind that. It's, like, of us holding, like, a little teddy bear, and then God's, like, looking at us, and he's got, like, a ginormous teddy bear behind his back. And it's, like, God, I really want this little teddy bear. But he's got, like, this huge thing in mind for us. Like, that's, like, I'm speaking for you, but I feel like that's all of our stories. Like, we thought we were so excited about Kentucky, and it ended up being just, like, so much bigger than life. Like, everybody would have wanted it more. It's just crazy. Man. You ain't never lied. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, no, Taylor, it's okay. Masai, this is so off topic, but something I want to talk about because I can kind of relate to it. I was reading this article about you and it was saying that there was a time where you didn't like your name because people couldn't renounce it. People couldn't spell it. All these things. Talk about that. Talk about the power, I guess, that comes from your name. Masai Russell is such an incredible name and people know that name now. And so just talk a little bit about that. Thank you. Yeah, so my name actually, so when my parents actually named me, first of all, they didn't know what they were going to name me for the longest. Like my mom was like eight or like, like almost about to have me and she still didn't know what she wanted to name me. So then they like passed this door and it was called Maasai Designs. And she's like, that sounds so cool. Like, so then they just named me Maasai and not even knowing like the true meaning. Well, I don't really know the true meaning, but I just know that my name is called, it's named after like an African tribe in Kenya. And 
anytime people um like people who are like African, they like, do you know, do you know that you're named after after a tribe? I'm like, yeah, I do now, I do now. So I don't know like how much weight it actually holds. But I know they are called like the Maasai people. And yeah, I didn't like my name for a long time because everyone will mispronounce it. People always spell it wrong. They'll be calling me Maasai, Messiah, Masi. I'm like, bro, there's no A at the end of the I. Like it's literally must like, okay, if you mess it up up into the I, okay. But it ain't no A at the end of the I. Come on now. Like, come on. So yeah, no, I love my name now. I just love that like no one really has my name. So that like people know if I hear someone saying something about Messiah, I'm like, I know you're talking about me because what? Because <laughs> not everybody out here with the name Messiah. So I actually really, really love my name now. And it definitely speaks to like who I am because I feel like I'm a very different individual. Like I'm not a person that you come across like on an everyday basis. So I feel like it's a really good name that correlates with who I am. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Messiah. That, that cracks me up. Messiah. <laughs> Come on out. Yeah, I, I, Hi. my name is Johnny, and my middle name is Trejor. And I don't know if I would have ever said my middle name on here. I can't believe you just I shared used to that. Hate my middle name, like I used to hate my whole entire. Not, I didn't. I've never hated a Johnny, but like same way, like Azani, as Hani, as Hannah. Like, there's just so many like different variations, and I don't know how you get to that like basic phonics. Like, it's it sounds like how it looks, right? But um. That just like my name being a giant no one else has that name and for a long time like i would just introduce myself as z and now i'm starting to introduce myself as johnny and i just like love my name now and that it's so different and so i don't know it's yes it's beautiful you. so is messiah how'd your parents come up with your name because i'm trying to get ideas i don't want my kids to have like just like maddie <laughs> like you don't want a maddie <laughs> <laughs> like regular <laughs> names it's okay yeah. Yeah, you didn't have yeah. a choice. You didn't have a uh, choice. My dad's name is Johnny, and I think he wanted me to sound like him, and so they came up with a Johnny. Hey, oh, that's Yeah, cute. I was almost in Brooklyn, though. I can see that. I can see that. <laughs> it's just, like, so night and day difference. But then her brother's name is, like, completely different. It's Chance Jackson. Chancellor. Chancellor. Which is just, like, Chancellor, even better. Yeah, Chancellor Jackson. Yeah, see, all yeah. my siblings, we kind of have, like, different names, except for, like, one of my brothers. It's Philip. He's my oldest brother. <laughs> India, Divine, Masai, Zion, Soleil. Soleil, that's beautiful. Wait, those are beautiful. Yeah, I hope I didn't miss nobody. Soleil, Zion, <laughs> Masai, Divine, India, Philip. Philip. Yeah. Wow. Are you you said you're like in the middle of all of them? Yeah, I'm literally in the middle. Middle child. You kind of give middle child. I would say that. <laughs> Like, there's, like, so much, like, science behind, like, the birth order thing. It's it's actually crazy. Like, oldest children, youngest children, middle children. No, yeah, you can definitely, because, like, see, I guess since I'm a middle child, I can't really tell. But, like, you can tell when, like, someone's the baby or the oldest or the only child. Like, it just makes sense. It just makes yeah. sense. You know, if you meet someone and you don't know and then you find out, especially only child, you're like, mm, makes got sense. it. Makes- right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay i am like going so off topic but i have to ask you this because um and then i'll ask you like our favorite question but so one of my best friends is um she works for gymshark she oh, works for their marketing department and um and i know she's like told me a lot about how it's kind of like a startup in the u.s but it's really big um <laughs> in the uk so talk about your gymshark partnership like i love gymshark i think it's a dope brand but it's also it's a smaller brand. So, like, why? What, what is it about Gymshark that kind of drew you to it? Yeah. For one, wait, who's your best friend? 
her name's Anna Michael Bus, but she works in boys. She oh, works in men. Because like Gymshark is just so close knit, so we work with like I feel like a lot of people in the company just know each other because it's just so close knit. But with Gymshark, they literally reached out to me like last oh twenty twenty one. No, I think in twenty twenty one SEC twenty twenty one March. No, mm-hmm. maybe no, no, no. Twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty two March because I was at SECs and I was like oh shoot like I was just I had just seen like a Gymshark ad pop up and I was like oh that'd be so cool if I could be like in a commercial or something whatever whatever and then like I literally get an email and then like that was kind of like an ongoing kind of conversation because I knew about Gymshark but I didn't know much about them just because you know when you're a student athlete you're getting gear you're not really paying attention like you're not going out your way to pay for gear that you're already getting gear for for free you know yeah hundred percent. I was like, um, I didn't really know much about them. And then, like, we started to do our research. I've seen, like, a couple of my friends wearing Gymshark. And, I mean, the brand was just amazing. Like, I love Gymshark so much. I'm so, like, happy that I was able to, like, rekindle. I mean, not rekindle because we never, like, come on now. I'm, I don't even know why I said that. To link up with Gymshark because, like, they seen something in me. And, I mean, they honestly changed my life. Like, Gymshark was the biggest partnership that, like, I've had since – NIL started and I mean although I am ending my contract with Gymshark at the start of January 1 just because I'm going to be pursuing you know a bigger brand in the shoe side for professional track and field um but Gymshark has been amazing like the product is amazing they're about to have their 70% off Black Friday sale and if you use my code you can get up to 80% off um they're just so open to like change they're so diverse they like treat their influencers so good. Like everything about them is just amazing. And then, like I said, it's so close knit. It's like a family and they do like, they do a really, really good job. And they're definitely on the like come up because even from when like I signed with them versus to like how big they are now, how many people wear Gymshark, it's just like their influence is crazy. But no, I, I love him. I, I love Gymshark. Sorry. Yeah, I had to ask, like, she loves working there, and I, I agree with you. I think the brand's just really about to pop off in the next, you know, however many years, but um, that's it so cool. a young brand. Like, I feel like the yeah. owner, he's, like, 30-something, like, crazy. He's so young, but so freaking paid, but it's definitely a young brand. Like, they, they just, like, accept you for who you are. Like, it's just, like, really big to see them, like, just supporting people from all – all races, genders, backgrounds, like it doesn't matter. Like put on Gymshark, lift, do yoga, be you, look good while you're doing it and have a good time. Like every, like I said, everything about Gymshark, definitely going to miss them. Definitely going to miss their clothes because I have so much. Like I'm going to have to do like a huge giveaway, but it That's is awesome. awesome. That's so cool. Okay. Well, Masai, this has been so fun. So amazing. But we have one last question that we ask every single one of our guests. And so, to all the guests, all the women, winning women listening, what is your one best piece of advice that you can give to all of them? Uh, it's always so hard to say like one thing, but I will always, I mean, the, the main thing that I would say is to never doubt your ability, always trust in yourself and always believe in who you are because only, you know, only, you know, a lot of the things that I did this year on the track, well, yeah, on the, on this on the track this year and a little bit last year, it was all through like faith and belief in myself, you know, counting yourself out and not believing in what you have to bring or give to the world. 
is like literally doing yourself a disservice. So, I mean, my biggest advice is just to be always to be your biggest advocate. Like no one's going to advocate, advocate like you will for yourself. So you're, you're the one in control of that and your mind is in control of everything. So always have a positive mind, clear mind. And I mean, you'll touch things and do things that only you could have dreamed of. Mm. I love it. Amen. I love it. I love it. Masai, as Z said, this has just been the biggest blessing. We are so grateful that we were able to get you on and um, take some time on your Saturday. So thank, thank you. you so much. Thank you, guys. I appreciate y'all. It was so great talking to you Masai. guys. Masai, where can everyone... No, go ahead. Oh, sorry, Z. What were you saying? Where can everyone find you? We know, obviously. But where can everyone find you? Instagram, you you give us the whole thing. Yeah, so on Instagram, it's Masai underscore Russell. M, it's spelled M-A-S-A-I underscore. And it should come up after that. And then kind of the same on TikTok, just Masai Russell on YouTube. Masai Russell. Um, yeah, y'all don't need my Snapchat. <laughs> I don't be posting that. <laughs> on there. So yeah, that's where you guys can find me um, across all. Real platforms. quick, before you hop off, I'm not gonna brush over that Gym Shark. I need eighty percent off. What's your code for ten percent off? Oh yeah, the code. The code. I'm is to write it down. Masai. The code is just my name. M A S A I. You'll get ten percent off on top of the seventy percent off. But to make it easier for you, you should create like a wish list if you do decide to buy some Gym Shark because like during Black Friday, which is gonna be next. Thursday, November 16th, I believe that's the date. November 16th at 11 uh, Eastern time. The site be going crazy. So like get in the app and like making like a list of all the things that you want now. And then you could just check out what make your life so much easier because the stuff be sold out so fast. The site can crash. Like if you just download the app, get your wish list, type in that code. Let's go. 80% off is like girl math free. free. But yeah, it's like, it's actually crazy how cheap this stuff is. Like, that's what I'm saying. A lot of people bundle up, like, during Gymshark. Because this is the biggest sale of the year. Like, Gymshark goes hard on Black Friday. And everyone knows it because last year it was up to 60% off. Now they have it up to 70% off plus the code. Last year we didn't have codes. This year they have the 70% off and a code. So that's based, like you said, it's 80% off. It was crazy. That's so nuts. Tap in, tap in, like I love it. Oh, but yeah, I appreciate great. you guys. Y'all have a great Saturday. Bye, this is so fun. Back at you, our lady. See, See you guys. Bye. Bye. See ya.